Jamie Knight with you here on a Tuesday afternoon, enjoying the sunshine and the warm weather in Saskatchewan today. And it looks like it'll stick around for the next few days as enjoying a little bit of a heat wave right now on the prairies. Could see some snow coming uh, this weekend, which will. Uh, I'm also thinking of you out there in the egg sector as well with needing some moisture as right now, now there's a big melt, you'll need that get another base on top of that as well, which would help you out in the spring with seeding and everything else. So I know it's uh, hot, so the city folk are uh, kicked back and relaxing, but you'd like to see some snow coming. Might be coming Sunday. Also, starting tomorrow, it is the time for the Sastel Tankard. The winner, of course, will represent Saskatchewan at home at the Montana's Briar in Regina. And joining us is a third of Team McEwen, one of the favorites heading into the tankard, Colton Flash here on the Green Zone. Colton, thanks for your time. Hey, thanks for having me. Of course, it was announced in March. It's almost been a year that's gone by. It feels like he's curled in, out of Saskatchewan a little bit when you announced you were teaming up with Mike McEwen. Um, what led to the, the change and Mike joining your team in Saskatchewan and uh, how quickly has it come together to be one of the top-ranked teams, not only in the province, but in the country? Yeah, I know it's uh, surprisingly came together really uh, really nicely, uh, bringing Mike in. You know, we just just kind of wanted to change after last year. It was uh, nothing to do with, you know, how we performed in the past. It was just a change of personnel and, uh, you know, try something fresh after it didn't work last year. So we brought Mike in, and... So far this year, it's uh, been it's been going really well. I know he's uh, obviously everyone knows he's one of the best skips in the world. You know, he spent five six years as the world number one, you know, team and probably skip in the world at that time. And you know, nothing's really changed. He just hasn't had uh, hasn't had a team that's uh, worked for him over the last couple of years. But I think we got something good going. Well, most definitely, as I said, one of the top ranked teams in the country. Uh, on trying to find chemistry with a new skip, how long does it take uh, for the uh, skipper to know? Okay, where do I put the broom for these guys? You no, know, it just it it's all dependent on each and every player and each and every position. I mean, this year it it, it has worked out quite well. We all have a similar philosophy when it comes to um, line delivery and uh, technical stuff. So. Um, we all throw very similarly, and that definitely helped the process, but I know it takes a while. I mean, we've played 10 events this year, and I don't think we're still hitting our at our stride yet, and we have a lot more room to go, but it's uh, going really well, though. You, you've, of course, uh, curled elite a long time. You've uh, curled with some of the best curlers uh, in, in the nation. What do you find out about Mike uh, as, and why he's been able to be successful? Yeah, he's just so consistent. Um, you know, even a bad game out of Mike is still a really, really good game. So, um, you know, it's no different than when I played with uh, Kevin Cooey. You know, his uh, his his floor is quite high. So, Mike's no different, and uh, you know, it's been really, really nice this year. You know, that that consistency and you know, qualifying in all these events, even though when you're not playing your best, is is quite quite big to become one of the best teams in the world. Of course, you've been able to win a Briar uh, in 2019 with, as you mentioned, uh, Kevin Cooey. Uh, you also represented Saskatchewan uh, at a Briar. What would it mean to you to be the Sask rep in Saskatchewan for a Briar? Yeah, no, that'd be something special. Um, you know, in 2017, I think it was, we lost the uh, provincial final to uh, Steve Laycock. We were undefeated at that point. That, was, that Briar was in Regina as well that year, so... 
you know, to give us another chance to to go back to uh, to the Briar and Regina would uh, be something special. And obviously, playing in front of your home crowd, there's not there's no better feeling than having everyone in the building cheering for you and you alone. So it's it's something we're looking forward to, and uh, hopefully, we get that opportunity. Uh, when you look at the field, of course, uh, in Saskatchewan, what are we seeing right now? Uh, especially like a, a, a team like Ryland Clatter, who's playing a little bit more on tour. Kelly Knapp won last year. and We're seeing a couple of more teams rising the ranks uh, across the country as we get ready for this year's Tankard. Yeah, I mean, there's so many good teams uh, in Saskatchewan. You know, Saskatchewan doesn't necessarily have a ton of um, top-ranked teams, but I think our mid-tier is as strong, if not stronger, than every province out there, I think, right now. And um, there's not there's not a team in this field that, you know, you can just take a game off and win, um, like some other places or even some past years. So um, our depth our depth is quite, quite uh, strong, um, you know, for the whole field. When, I, when I'm looking at it, also some young guys in here uh, that have – getting some experience uh, that have uh, just come fresh out of junior as well. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's lots of young talent out there. Um, you know, I, I don't personally know all these teams that well. So, you know, that, that's another, maybe a good thing for me to come out and not know who I'm playing and, you know, have to bring our A game every single game. No matter who we play, we have to bring our A game right now. And uh, if we do that, I think we have a really good chance. Do you feel like that's the, you're the target? Uh, with the way you played on tour in the the short time with Micah's skip, yeah, I feel like I feel like we're definitely gonna have a target on our back. You know, there's a few other names out there that have targets on their back too, but we're definitely gonna be the you know the number one team coming in, and we we expect everyone to bring their best. And <clears throat> this is nothing new. I mean, <clears throat> sorry, I've had this in the past, um, so you know, I I can draw from experience on this, and just uh, hopefully hopefully we can uh, play our best. With the pool format this year, uh, of course, uh, the last couple of years, you're, for a long time, it's been that ABC event, uh, go through it, but it's a pool format. How much does that change? Does it give you a little like break uh, at all that, okay, if we give one up, it's not so much a disaster, or would you rather have the cushion of going to a C event uh, with with what we used to watch at the Tankard? Yeah, you know, I'm I'm personally not a fan of the of the two pools of six. Um, I don't I don't think it's I don't think it's better for the uh, for the sport. Obviously, it's good you know having a round robin and knowing when you play and you can build your schedule around that. But you know, as soon as you lose one game, you're basically potentially on your last life. So you know, I've come out of the C event to win the province, this province, and I've come out of the C to win Alberta before. You know, with Kevin Cooey, he came out of the sea as well. So, you know, knowing knowing if you're still playing for something is definitely huge. So, um, you know, we we gotta treat every game like we're on our last life and uh, go undefeated. Hopefully, yeah, it's interesting, right? Right? Like in the sea event, if you lose, you know you're done. But in this one, you might be playing on not not your team but other teams might be playing later on in the week going no oh, we're, we're playing for nothing we we know we can't make well, exactly. the playoffs so what's yeah, the I, point? I mean i don't i don't think that's the i don't think that's personally uh, personally i don't think that's the format you want in your uh in your provincial championship you know you want to know you know we could be going up against a team that is playing for nothing and they have nothing to lose and they might play shots that they wouldn't normally play or you know come out differently so 
you know, that being said, we just got to bring our A game every time and just treat every game like it's a must win, and uh, I think we'll have nothing to worry about. Well, Colton, best of luck. I can't wait to see it. The Green Zone will be there uh, Thursday at the Nutana, uh, and uh, best of luck at the Tankard. Yeah, thank you very much. Colton Flash, third of Team McEwen, of course, the number one ranked team going into the provincial tankard. And depend, it's this is going to be a weird one. Okay, because I'm looking at the standings. There is one wild card spot still open. If Cooey wins Alberta and Reed Carruthers wins Manitoba, Colton Flash, Mike McEwen's ranked might have a second chance of being the wild card as the next best on the Canadian Tour standings to get into the Briar if they were to lose the provincial championship. But they won't know that until later, right? You need to win to get in. Can't rely on what happens in Manitoba of Alberta, but it'll be interesting to see what those standings shake out at uh, for the uh, next team. Botcher and Dunstone already qualified. They changed the Briar format. So they pre-qualified before the provincials because of their ranking. So they didn't have to go to provincials. Usually you figure out the wild card after provincials, then it's the top three ranked teams, they get the wild card spot or however it works. This year they pre-put teams in, so you have Alberta, Botcher, you have Manitoba, Dunstone, then they still have their provincials as well, and then there'll be another wild card team. And this is where the elite teams are campaigning with Curling Canada to say, come on, really? You don't want Dunstone at your briar if he loses provincials as one of the top teams? And there's so many top teams out of Alberta and Manitoba that you know the third-ranked team or fourth-ranked team in the standings are still a great team that's missing out. So they're trying their best to put the best in the briar while still keeping it a provincial format. And we can debate for days on whether this is still the right format to decide Canada's champion. Some believe it should be like the Roar of the Rings, the Olympic trials. Bring the best 12, period. Get rid of the provincial stuff. Just give us the best 12 curlers. And Saskatchewan, I think if it was top 12, Saskatchewan had two teams. I think... Uh, Clyder is also in that category uh, with McEwen. But, of course, other provinces would be left out. I know there's some curling fans probably yelling at the radio, if you get rid of that provincial format, nobody's going to the Briar anymore. I'm not sure about that. This is 980 CJME and 650 CKOM. Jamie and I with you here in the Green Zone. Hope you're enjoying your Tuesday. Hockey fans have it a little less hockey to watch uh, this week as we get ready for the All-Star break. I can't wait to see the new skills competition in the NHL All-Star weekend. Like They'll still have the regular skills, accurate shot, hardest shot, fastest skater. But instead of the silliness that they used to have of, okay, this, this guy's going to participate in it, even though... We know he's not going to win because he doesn't have the hardest shot, but we need him to do it just because he hasn't done a skill yet. And everybody should get to participate in the skills competition in the National Hockey League. Like This isn't minor a uh, minor hockey tournament, all right? This is the NHL All-Star game. So this year, with a million bucks up for grabs, 
they are doing head-to-head. 12 players are going to participate. And they are all going to participate. They're not all going to participate in all the events. But they need to participate in a certain amount, and then they'll collect the points, and then they'll go into the final two rounds, and there will be one winner of the NHL skills competition rather than the team getting points and it made no sense. It seemed so you're gonna have you're gonna be able to have the other all stars. They're not gonna have to gear up and all that stuff just to stand there all night and take part in one competition. It is going to be McDavid, I assume McKinnon. You're gonna have Austin Matthews or at least one or two Toronto Maple Leafs in there. Um, Elias Pettersson or Quinn Hughes, you're going to see a base 12 go head-to-head in the skills competition on Friday. That's far more interesting to me than how it's usually played out. And we all assume Connor McDavid is just going to win. That's what we're all going to assume. Although Quinn Hughes, if uh, he's picked, did say he's sharing the winnings with his fellow teammates, although that might be a salary cap circumvention if he's if he's if he's actually going to share that cash with his fellow defensemen, so like ten grand each. Hey, everybody here, you get ten grand each from my or a hundred grand each from my million bucks. I, if I was a forward, I'd be like or Thatcher Demko. I'm like, dude, where's my steak dinner at least on that one? So there is a change to All-Star Weekend. The festivities get going on Thursday in Toronto. Uh, There's a Professional Women's Hockey League feature game. And then, of course, they will have the draft. And then it's the skills competition. And then they play on a Saturday uh, with the three-on-three tournament. Coming up here on the Green Zone. Can't wait. Talk to... This is a heavy dose of nostalgia for me here on the Green Zone. Bernie Smilovitz of WDIV Channel 4 Television in Detroit. We'll be here to talk about the rise and the fall of the Lions. Bang, 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 bang. Boom, 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 boom. Well, a good Tuesday afternoon. Saskatchewan, Jamie and I with you here on the Green Zone on a record-breaking day in the province weather-wise. It looks like uh, Maple Creek broke the record for any temperature, any time in January, period, by getting up to 21 degrees Celsius today. Yeah. For January 30th, we're taking that all day, every day. Uh, but right now, we're going to take you to Detroit, the rise and fall of the Detroit Lions. And I'm excited to have a longtime sportscaster for WDIV TV, the local four. Uh, Bernie Smilovitz on the Green Zone with us. Uh, Bernie, thanks for your time. Jamie, my pleasure. Uh, I can't wait to uh, mix it up with you a little bit. Well, I, I don't I don't know about uh, this, Bernie, if you know, but we here in Saskatchewan grew up watching Bernie Smilovitz uh, on the local Ford television when we get, there was like, we only got Detroit cable, so you were the guy giving us the highlights and the bloopers. I'm so I'm thrilled to death. Real quick, let me give you some information. Here in Detroit, it's now 35 degrees, and we'll take that in January. So we're we're not complaining, you know. We're like you guys. We'll take it. We know how bad it could be, uh, you know, 
40 the rest of the week. So we're, we're ecstatic. Uh, Bernie, when you looked at this rise of the Lions, um, Dan Campbell, local hero. Around the, the North America, he got a lot of criticism to the point people are asking, uh, should his future be in question? What was it like locally in Detroit after Sunday, and how much heat did Dan Campbell actually get there? I have no idea because I was in Santa Clara at the game. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, but I, I read the papers and I heard from friends and uh, read online and everything, and the, the theory I go with, and I think this is, has worked, served me well, there's no one play or two plays that make a football, win or lose a football game for you. There never is. There are so many plays leading up to those moments that you think are the critical moments. So the fact he went for it twice, A, that's his M.O. He's done that since he's been here. B, I'll bet you he's going to learn from that. I'll bet he's going to learn that there are moments you can do that and that's during the regular season when it's great. But when you go to the NFC Championship game with a chance to go to the Super Bowl, you might want to take a field goal in the early in the third quarter, which would give you a three-possession lead over the 49ers. And once they didn't do that and they didn't get it, it just seemed like things started to slip away, and it gave the Niners momentum. So I bet you, in his own heart and deep within himself, he would say, I would do it differently next time. This is just my guess. Knowing the guy a little bit, uh, I think that's possibly what would have happened the next time. What were you thinking when it was, could have been a tie game and he didn't kick the field goal? Uh, I thought, oh, my God, he must have a con- guaranteed contract for the next 20 years. <laughs> I, uh, I understood why he did it there because his guys were down. San Francisco had come back and he was trying to retake the momentum from them. Uh, so there I understood it. It was the first time which could have given them a 17-point lead and a three-possession game. You know, you're never sure you're even getting the ball three possessions with about seven and a half minutes to go in the third quarter the rest of the way. You know, if your opponent is running the ball, leading the clock, you're in a completely different place. But they gave them momentum, which was kind of interesting to me. Bernie Smilovitz joining us, WDIV Television uh, Channel 4, uh, as the longtime uh, sports caster. As Detroit was reliving some of the glory years, we had Lomas Brown on uh, talking about it. Uh, wherever he went, uh, wherever alumni went in January, uh, they were being asked and requested. Oh, my goodness, there was it was so busy. What was it like to see this team for the first time since the early 90s getting so close to a Super Bowl? Well, I was there in the early 90s, uh, the first time when they beat the Cowboys at uh, RFK, uh, sorry, at uh, the Silverdome. And then the following week, they went to play the Redskins in Washington and got tattooed. Um, it was exciting. It was great. I mean, it's, it's a franchise that is beloved in this town. It's uh, a franchise that is adored in this town. Uh, even when the bad years, people would show up, go to the game, sell them out buying tickets. I mean, the people here are just unbelievable, and now they've started to travel to the away games. So it's really kind of fascinating to be a part of that whole uh, group when you are with them and talking to them and everything. I will say this. After the game Sunday night, I went in the locker room, and that was a hurting, depressed, upset football team. Not at anyone, just at themselves. They felt they had that game, and they let it slip away. 
And the truth is, they did. But no one person is responsible. It's not Josh Reynolds for dropping a couple of passes. It's not Dan Campbell for going for it. It's, it's not the offensive line for not performing as well in the second half. It's everybody as one. And that's, that's so cliche. That's so how a coach talks. Maybe I've just spoken to too many coaches, but I, I really do believe that, that it's not a single play. It, it's many plays that go into a football game. What is it like? Uh, like you, you have covered some legendary coaches. Uh, you did shows with Chuck Daly and Sparky Anderson yep. and all those guys. Yeah. What is it yep. that Dan Campbell brings that has allowed him to take a team that had three wins in his first year to 13 wins and an NFC championship appearance? He's honest. He's a former player. He doesn't BS people. He tells you right to your face how he feels and how the situation is. Players love that. He's also a former player, so players trust him. Uh, all of his assistant coaches are former players. They trust the assistant coaches. So it means so much more when a player goes to his coach and says, hey, coach, I got this problem with my girlfriend. Hey, coach, I hurt my ankle. Hey, coach, this. the coach will listen to him and say, man, that happened to me. You know, I know, it's, I know what you're talking about. Let's, let's slow down. Whatever the advice they're giving, the players are listening. And then they're kind of listening to when they're playing. I mean, they, they really are a, uh, a terrific group. They really are uh, molded as one. And it's all Dan Campbell. Campbell, they trust Campbell. They believe him. He asked them to trust him. He does, and here's where they were. I mean, I, they do, and here he is. I, I found it refreshing after, after the game when he just was like, yeah, this might be it. That might have been our only chance. That's just honesty because it's yeah. going to get harder for the Detroit Lions because they're not going to surprise anybody in 2024. Right, and it's going to be less surprising because I don't know if you heard, but uh, Ben Johnson, the offensive coordinator that uh, everybody was after to be a head coach, has decided to come back next year. So it's kind of interesting that that has happened. I, I think it might be the Lions' biggest offseason acquisition, the best thing that happened to them. Bernie Smilovich joining us from WDIV Local Channel 4 in Detroit, a longtime sports broadcaster. I mentioned earlier in Saskatchewan, we, we grew up uh, watching uh, WDIV, Bernie's Bloopers, Weekend at Bernie's, uh, as I mentioned, the Chuck Daly Show. With all those blooper specials, does Bernie Smilovitz have a favorite sports blooper of all time? Bernie Smilovitz commits a sports blooper every time he's at the state in the studio <laughs> opening his mouth. That's what he's more afraid of than anything. <laughs> I mean, bloopers have bloopers have been great. They put my kids through college, and uh, uh, you know, it's just a it just has been a uh, terrific ride. And uh, you know, we're just enjoying it. It's just really fun. I mean, you know, I, I call myself the luckiest man in the world because I'm a I'm a sports fanatic. I was crazy as a kid being a sports fan, and I realized I just want to be a sportscaster because that way you don't have to be in the game and you don't get beat up. Neither I didn't have the talent anyway, but whatever it was. And so I made it my mission in life to do that. And I've been very lucky. I, you know, I go to games. I'm, the station takes care of everything when you go to a game. And, you know, I don't pay for tickets for anything. So it's, it's, it's been kind of a great ride. I've been, I've been fortunate and very lucky and blessed. And I never forget that. I always 
Thanks for that. Okay, let's uh, let's round around the Detroit sports team outside of the Lions, who really made made some hay. We got a lot of Red Wings fans, of course. Gordy Howe, the legend uh, from uh, Saskatchewan. Oh yeah. Oh, what's up with the yeah. Red Wings uh, right now? Uh, in a playoff better, spot. Like in 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 position, they're they're playing really well right now. I think they've won something like eight of their last eleven. Uh, they seem to really now have come aboard. With uh, Steve Eisenman as the general manager, it's taken a while. Uh, but I think, uh, you know, this is really the truth for all sports. It's who's healthy when the playoffs begin. And if they're healthy, they can play. They've got a good young uh, goalie in Alex Lyon. Uh, that was a big problem for them earlier in the year, but he seems to have straightened things out for them, and that's always great. So uh, I think the Red Wings are going to make the playoffs this year. I do. And um, how long is the turnaround going to take for the Detroit Pistons, Bernie? Okay, what year is this? <laughs> 2024, 34, 44, I think 2050, somewhere there maybe. So the problem in the NBA is if you get talent, it's great. If you don't have talent, uh, you're in trouble, and it's going to take a lot more talent than what they currently have. And guys are hurt, and guys were hurt this year. So they went out and they uh, uh, signed Monty Williams as the coach and gave him the largest contract at the time for any for any NBA coach in history. And uh, here we sit with uh, five wins, six wins, and 40 losses or something of that nature. A 28-game losing streak was just if you thought that game was depressing on Sunday with the Lions, oh, my God, try try doing sports in this town with the Pistons losing 28 straight. I mean, good night. You think you're hearing echoes. You know, you don't hear anybody talking or, or, or hearing you. So um, they're going to need – they need talent, and that's the only way you can win in the NBA. And they're far far away from having a lot of talent. So I I don't know. You know, if they had gotten Wimbanyama in draft – Maybe it would have come, would have happened faster because he's really a terrific talent. But it's going to take a while. Well, Bernie, it was a pleasure having you talking to Saskatchewan about the uh, Detroit sports scene. Thanks for doing this today. Anytime you need me, you give me a holler. Tell everyone in Saskatchewan I miss them, I love them, and I'm I'm rooting for it to go up beyond 21 degrees tomorrow. So let's go, <laughs> you guys can do it. Heat that damn place up. Come on. <laughs> Right on. Bernie, thanks so much uh, for doing it today. We'll take you up on it as well. Bernie Smilovitz, Local 4, WDIV uh, Television. As I said earlier, he was my Jay Onright. That, that's the sportscast I was watching long before TSN was regular uh, on our broadcast was Bernie Smilovitz and Van Earl Wright and the whole crew at WDIV uh, Television. Oh, man. The Lions... We're so close. They've never been to a Super Bowl. They've won NFL championships before the merger and all that stuff. Never been to a Super Bowl that close. Champs and Chumps next on 980 CJME and 650 CKOM. You two are winners, big winners. I think you're shagadelic, baby. You're switched on. You're smashing. You tried your best. And you failed miserably. The only thing I'm addicted to right now is winning. You're an idiot. Ah, you're a bad person.
each and every day a one champ and one chump. I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, champ Bernie Smilovitz for joining us on the show. Uh, also, ex- his condolences. His wife passed a few months ago. Uh, actually, she was a great uh, producer and broadcaster in, his, in her own right, and he's just recently came back to work. But uh, thanks to Bernie Smilovitz uh, for joining us. Oh my goodness, the chump today. We have come a far way in talking about mental health. We really have. Like I'm just being I'm just being real with you on this one about talking about mental health, making sure we're asking people how are you doing and really meaning it. And people taking leave if they need it to find their mental health and being way more understanding about it. But the last thing anybody should do is cite mental health just as the fallback Okay, what does it say? Mental health. The chump today are the Calgary Flames. I've been waiting for this one because I was waiting for it to be made official. Dylan Dubé's lawyers today came out and said, yes, he is one of the guys who've been charged with sexual assault. Remember what the Calgary Flames posted about Dylan Dubé last week? He has gone from the team to address his mental health. He is finding the right mental health people to help him with this. No, he was trying to find lawyers for being charged with sexual assault. And you're going to fault back on mental health? The Flames still have that post on their social media account. If you're not enraged by this like I am, I don't know who you are. Seriously, do not say mental health just as a fallback excuse unless it's real. This man is trying to find lawyers to fight sexual assault charges from 2018 on alleged gang rape and the Calgary Flames post mental health on why he left the team? Thankfully, the other four teams had the wherewithal just to say personal leave. Again, it's still on their Twitter account. For anybody for the Calgary Flames organization who hasn't immediately run to delete that should be ashamed of themselves. Yeah, the Calgary Flames, they're the chump today uh, here on the Green Zone.